This is KJZZ's Sun Up. It's your daily news update from here in Phoenix on our state and region. Hi again, I'm Phil Latzman. This podcast we present to you as a daily digest of the day's events here in Arizona. And it's Monday, March the 6th. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Here's to a positive new week. And let's get it started. Residents of Rio Verde foothills have now entered a third month without a reliable source of water. The city of Scottsdale cut off supply at the start of the year after decades of delivery. Rio Verde is an unincorporated community governed by Maricopa County. On Friday, county supervisors rejected a city proposal to resume service at triple the cost. The board criticized the plan as bureaucratic and unworkable and urged Scottsdale to work with private utility EPCOR for a solution. EPCOR raised their hand and said we can serve. And not one other entity has said that they can do that. Not a tribe, not another private water company, not another municipality. That's Supervisor Thomas Galvin. His district includes Scottsdale and Rio Verde. has been trying to find common ground, but the Scottsdale's mayor has been adamantly opposed to any deal involving EPCOR. Here's Supervisor Jack Sellers. Using existing entities already in the business of supplying water to solve a water problem seems like a sensible solution for the Rio Verde area and any other area being impacted by water shortages. A Scottsdale City Council member said they could negotiate, but several county officials said no one from the city had responded to inquiries. Last year, Arizona lost access to 18 percent of its portion of Colorado River water. This year, the federal government cut another 21 percent. As KJZZ's Greg Hawney reports, it's left many farmers with reduced access to water and seeking solutions. The reductions primarily impact private and tribal farmers in Pinal, Maricopa, and Pima counties. Many have had to tap into groundwater, which is a limited resource and costs more to access. Gary Nebhan is an ecologist with the University of Arizona. He helped draft a report to provide solutions to farmers, such as investing in new irrigation technologies. As it stands now, we use more water per acre than any other state in the country, and we don't need to to have viable farms. He added that if solutions are not implemented, the water crisis will grow more dire. Greg Hani, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Local officials are exploring the possibility of extending the Tempe streetcar to travel eastbound to Mesa. The two cities, along with Valley Metro, recently approved an agreement to study the potential expansion. Sam Stevenson is Tempe's transit manager. Once the study is completed, we, we hope to have adoption of the locally preferred alternative, the LPA. Then the project will move into the, the next phases through the, the federal FTA process. And, um, you know, we'll move into preliminary engineering. The study will include engagement with the public, property owners and other stakeholders. The analysis is expected to begin next month and extend to the summer of 2025. Last month, the family of actor Bruce Willis announced that he has frontotemporal dementia. It's a lesser known type of dementia, which means research is limited. But as Kathy Ritchie tells us, some of that work is happening right here in Phoenix. Dr. Anna Burke is the director of the Alzheimer's and Memory Disorders Division at Barrow Neurological Institute. She says FTD is relatively rare. It only constitutes about 3 to 5% of all dementias. However, it is the most common dementia for people under the age of 65. FTD can affect a person's behavior. It also affects language. Still, FTD is not as common as Alzheimer's, leaving patients and their families without many options when it comes to studies. 
that's changing at Barrow. We have this clinical trial of a medication to hopefully slow or ultimately halt or prevent a certain type of FTD with a genetic mutation. According to the Association for Frontotemporal Degeneration, FTD is often misdiagnosed for Alzheimer's or depression. Kathy Ritchie, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Staying with the health news, the American Cancer Society has released its latest statistics for colorectal cancer, the second most common cause of cancer deaths in the U.S. This year's report shows that several positive trends are slowing or reversing, as Nicholas Gerbis tells us from the Science Desk. Colorectal cancer is still losing ground in the U.S., but just barely. A rise in the proportion of younger people with the disease has slowed its decline from 3 to 4 percent to just 1 percent. The share of cases among those younger than 55 nearly doubled between 1995 and 2019 to 20%. Colorectal cancers are also being detected at more advanced stages. In 2019, 60% of all new diagnoses were of advanced cases. That's higher than in 1995 before widespread screening. Today, 4 in 10 Americans aged 45 and older are not up to date on their screenings. Nicholas Gerbis, KJZZ News, Phoenix. After a one-year delay due to the coronavirus pandemic, Phoenix got its chance to host the National Money Show last week. The event served as a hub for coin collectors from across the U.S. to exhibit, make deals, and learn more about various currencies. Attendees from all backgrounds were there, including Ventress Gibson, the director of the U.S. Mint. Some people may think it's a very expensive hobby, but to start off, it's not very expensive at all. It's more checking the coins that you have, comparing them to what's uh, in a catalog or checking on, uh, online to see what the worth is. Gibson says the U.S. Mint produces 1.2 billion coins per year and thousands of other collectible products, some of which appeared at the show. With their official publication last week, controversial electoral reforms in Mexico are now in effect. From the Fronteras Desk in the snored capital of Hermosillo, Murphy Woodhouse tells us what they are. The recently published changes were the second part of the so-called Plan B electoral reforms pushed aggressively by Mexican President Andres Manuel López Obrador and are a watered-down version of a more sweeping constitutional reform he had wanted. Nevertheless, critics say they will weaken the agency tasked with running Mexico's elections. The reforms face numerous legal challenges and they come against the backdrop of rising tension between López Obrador and the nation's Supreme Court. AMLO, as the president is widely known, has regularly lambasted the country's high court and says he doesn't trust most of its justices. The court's new president notably refused to stand for AMLO at a recent address and has defended the importance of judicial independence. Murphy Woodhouse, KJCZ News, Hermosillo. The U.S. Department of Energy is loaning $375 million to lithium battery recycling company Lycycle to build a hub near Rochester, New York. The plant will receive material prepared by a site that actually opened in Gilbert late last spring. From the science desk once again, here's Nicholas Gerbis with that story. Lithium-ion batteries power everything from electric vehicles to smartphones and are essential to storing renewable energy. But despite the scarcity and environmental impact of mining some of the components, only a tiny fraction are recycled. In part, that's because many methods are inefficient, dangerous, and unsustainable. Lifecycle's approach has spoke facilities like Gilbert's break batteries down into plastics, metals, and a mixture called black mass, which they ship to a hub facility like the one to be built in Rochester. There, a proprietary water-based process recovers lithium, cobalt, nickel, and other battery components. Nicholas Gerbis, KJCC News, Phoenix. 
Well, this past season was a disaster for the Arizona Cardinals, who parted ways with their head coach and their GM after finishing 4-13. and But the hard knocks weren't limited to the football field. As Ignacio Ventura reports, a league-wide survey of players reveals the Cardinals the second-worst working conditions in the NFL. The NFL Players Association, the union representing players, issued surveys asking them to review their experiences with the respective franchises. The union gave letter grades of A-plus to F-minus in eight categories ranging from a team's treatment of families to locker room conditions. The Cardinals received Fs in five of the eight categories, including an F-minus for food services. They were cited in the report as the only team that charges players for box dinners during the season, as well as for every meal eaten at team facilities after the season. The Cardinals also received scores of F-minus for their weight room and training room. Ignacio Ventura, KJZZ News, Phoenix. In sports, oh, it's paid off so far for the Suns getting Kevin Durant. They are 3-0 with him in the lineup, and he had 37 points and hit the tie-breaking jumper with 11 seconds left to lift them to a thrilling 130-126 win over the Mavericks in Dallas yesterday. Luka Doncic had 34 for Dallas, but his shot to tie in the final seconds rimmed out. Devin Booker scored 36. Kyrie Irving had 30 and is the first meeting between him and Durant since they were traded by the Nets before last month's deadline. The Suns are getting now 3-0 with Durant in the lineup. Hockey, the Coyotes lost a tough one in overtime to the Devils yesterday, 5-4 in Tampa, New Jersey. Scored 23 seconds into OT to win it. Jack McBain had a goal and an assist. Nick Schmaltz, Zach Cassian, and Matias Maselli also scored for the Coyotes. Connor Ingram with 35 saves in a losing cause for the Yotes. And that does it for this edition of KJZZ Sun Up, Arizona's morning news podcast on this Monday, March the 6th. I'm Phil Latzman. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the day, and we'll do it again, of course, tomorrow.